Very good morning to you as we stand. Let's pray together. Lord, we will face temptations to be ashamed of you, and we will be afraid of suffering for you. But we pray that your word to us this morning would help us to stand firm, to pass the gospel on, and to accept the cost of doing so. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Do please sit down. I was looking through the Barnabas Fund's latest newsletter this week and here are a few things that stood out. In Afghanistan, the Taliban are going door to door looking for Christians. In India, anti-Christian persecution is on the rise. And as you may remember, in Nigeria, 40 Christians were shot dead at a church service only last June. How do those stories make you feel The article went on to say the church in the West does not in general experience persecution, though opposition from the dominant ideology of secular humanism could yet turn into fully-fledged persecution. So as one of you said to me only this week, my Christian faith now seems completely contrary to the atmosphere and the values and my workplace. And I'm sitting waiting to get into trouble just for living, just for being a Christian. So how does that make you feel? Remember the background to Timothy. The Apostle Paul was facing death for his faith and was writing to his protege, Timothy, from prison. And we saw last week that Paul urged Timothy not to be ashamed of him, not to be ashamed of the gospel, despite what suffering may come his way. Because in gospel ministry, it's all too easy to feel ashamed and then to feel afraid, to retreat, to batten down the hatches. But this morning, God, through Paul, is saying to us, no, don't retreat. Don't keep your head down. Instead, he's saying that we need to accept the cost of the gospel ministry that we have been given. And we need to step up and pass the gospel on. And that's our first point this morning. Pass the gospel on. So 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. That is on page 995 in the Bibles where you're sitting. Could I encourage you to open up that passage in page 995. We want to be a church that opens the Bible and reads it as we study it together. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. Paul writes to Timothy, You then, my child... Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying, look, Timothy, I know you don't feel strong, but you can be strengthened by the inner strength that comes through faith in Christ Jesus. God's spirit is in you. He will empower you and keep you going and keep you faithful to the gospel, even when it exposes you to suffering. And we need to hear this too don't we? Because faithfulness to the gospel will will sooner or later expose us to suffering in one way or another. So we need God to empower us for faithful gospel ministry. And we need to know that he wants to empower us for it. And then we need to trust God and ask him for the strength that only he can supply, the strength that he promises. 
But Paul's not just saying here, he, he's not just saying, you know, be strong and, and hang in there. He's saying, be strong and pass the gospel on. So he continues, verse 2. And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trusted faithful men, who will be able to teach others also? Paul first heard the gospel from Jesus himself. And he, along with the other apostles and eyewitnesses, taught the gospel to others, like Timothy. Now, Paul tasks Timothy with passing the gospel on to faithful men, men who are faithful to the gospel and how they lived in what they taught and who could be trusted to remain so. And men who could teach others also so that they in turn could pass the gospel bad on on and so it, can, so it would continue down and down and down through the generations. If you follow athletics and you think of the Great Britain relay team over the years, you'll probably remember how many times they've dropped the baton. Fail to pass the baton on. And it's all over. Now, Timothy was an overall church leader. In fact, he was a leader of leaders, uh, I suppose a bit like a bishop. So this verse is primarily talking to and about overall church leaders passing on the baton and raising up overall church leaders for the future. And that is a challenge for our overall leaders here at JPC. But we all need to encourage this and we all need to play our part in the gospel being passed on. That's why praying for our mission partners like Alan and Ritva and their work around the world is vital. It's why it's important to support the likes of Pete Alston, who wants to get involved, God willing, in church leadership in Japan. It's one reason why over the past 15 years or so we've planted two churches in Gateshead and in Benwell with support of the likes of John and Debs Teasdale, Ben and Valley, Caddy Hudson, Ryan and Lulu Muir, as they get involved in overall church leadership from here on Tyneside to Hong Kong. And of course, we miss those people, don't we? Because the gospel being passed on is costly. So take Chris and Rosie Redfern, who many of you will know as an example. Both Chris and Rosie were here at JPC. They went to St. Joseph's when it launched. Chris was on staff there for a while. Rosie stayed here on staff for a while. Now they're in Valencia in Spain, leading or helping lead a church out there. First of all, we missed Chris and Rosie here. And I don't need to ask Ken and the team over at St. Joseph's to know that they miss them over there. But it was for the gospel that they left on both occasions, actually. The gospel had been passed on to them. They have been built up and encouraged and equipped. And now it is their turn to step out, to step up and to pass the gospel on to others. On the home frontier, that's why Ramsey and Fee and others have spent considerable time launching our new ministry trainee scheme because the ultimate goal of that is to find and train leaders for the future by giving a taste of set-apart Christian ministry now. It's why we try to provide a range of opportunities for those of us who want to experience church leadership to gain experience and training and to test the water. 
It's one reason why we have a relatively large staff team to give more opportunities and to help people. It's why Liz and others are involved in the North East Gospel Partnership Training Scheme to train leaders for the future. And it's why Ian and the rest of our senior staff, free to the likes of me and others, spend considerable time helping those of us in ministry, helping others among us in ministry, from training and input to support and advice to feedback and mentoring. So, for example, take Andy Gorn. He is a busy man with a demanding role and a large family. But it would be short-sighted of Andy just to focus on his ministry, on his agenda, his to-do list. That's why he spends lots of time on training and equipping others, on feedback and support. From those of us involved in Sunday groups, through the relatively few of us who give all-age service talks. And the ultimate big picture aim of all of this has to be to raise church-level leaders and teachers for the future. Now, of course, we want to up our game on all of this across the board. And it's obvious that we have very big needs here at JPC. The way forward is neither clear nor is it easy. But the future of our church is in God's hands. Can I say, we really need to believe that. And we really need to pray. But for all of us, our ultimate goal under God must be not just to to make converts, but teachers. Teachers who are capable of teaching others. So if you're a a women's Bible study leader or you help lead a a focus group or a home group or wherever you serve more informally, can I encourage you to invest in those that you serve with and alongside? Pass on your experience. Encourage others. Help pass the gospel baton on. And I want to say that I think we all can do that. Looking back, I think the first person who, first people, sorry, who, who really helped me were wiser, more mature Christians who were just a few years older than I was at the time. But as I've mentioned already, if we're going to do this, it will be costly. And we need to accept the cost. We need to accept the cost. And that's our second point this morning. It's wonderful, isn't it, that there's no small print here. Paul doesn't hide difficult terms and conditions away in minuscule type. Instead, he clearly lays out what the gospel, what gospel ministry looks like. Of course, he's writing to Timothy, the overall full-time church leader. But these verses give us the mindset we're all to have at any level of informal or formal gospel ministry. Because each of us must accept the cost of our own individual ministry and be realistic with others about the cost of it. But the cost of gospel ministry as we support and work towards passing the gospel on to others. So here's the first metaphor that Paul uses in verse 3. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. 
So being a soldier takes discipline. The soldier needs to stay focused even when it's hard, even when the cost could be severe, even when the cost could be ultimate. And there are all sorts of civilian pursuits that could entangle, in other words, distract him. But his aim is to be single-minded in serving the one who enlisted him, in serving his commanding officer. That's why Anglican ministers promise uh, these words or a version of these words at their ordination. Never cease your careful and diligent labours until you have done all you possibly can to bring all those who are committed to your charge to a knowledge of God. You must forsake all those worldly cares and concerns that hinder you from doing your duty. And we need to help our ordained leaders stay true to these words that they have promised. For all of us, our aim is to put Jesus and his gospel priorities first and to make sure that things that distract us are put into perspective or are ruled out entirely. Because when we serve Jesus and his gospel It takes single-minded focus. It takes discipline. It takes discipline to turn up and be there for each other, to pray concertedly, to prepare that talk or that Bible study or whatever it may be, thoroughly and well. And all sorts of things in those things and all the range of ministry and responsibility that we do, all sorts of things can distract us. What might be distracting, what might be entangling you. It could be something bad that you need to let go of entirely. It could be something trivial that just distracts, takes up your time in an unnecessary way. It could be something good, pursuit of academic success, success at work, time with friends. But it's not good, is it, if it's distracting you from Jesus and the gospel ministry that he's given you to do. Friends, tomorrow we'll all be in different places as we work to serve Jesus in many different ways. But wherever we are, our aim is the same, to serve Jesus Christ, our commanding officer. So be like the good soldier and stay focused. Next metaphor, verse 5. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. So if your foot crosses the long jump board, the long jump won't count. Full start at the 100 meter world final, it doesn't matter if you're Usain Bolt, you're disqualified. You can't be rewarded if you don't follow the rules of the competition. What are the demanding rules of the gospel ministry event? Being faithful to the gospel, even when it is increasingly unpopular and its implications are unpopular, and being unashamed of the gospel and willing to suffer for it, which if anything like me is a struggle because I want to keep my head down. I want to avoid suffering and shamefully, I'm sure sometimes I do. Deep down within us, haven't we all felt that temptation to disobey the rules. A while back now, someone pinned me down about what the Bible said about hell, and he was furious. He said, you can't really believe in hell. 
Surely you can't believe that people will actually go there. You can't possibly believe in the kind of God who allows that. And I just wanted to shut the conversation down and just get away. Or to say, no, 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 <laughs> no, it's like this. Follow up with something nice or something easier or just something that was more palatable. We don't make the rules, friends, do we? God does. So we need to be faithful. We need to be unashamed. We need to be prepared to take flack or worse. Now, of course, we have to be gentle. Gentle and gracious with people. So if that guy, I did not respond by shouting fire and brimstone in the old Ulster accent. But what I did say when he pinned me down, I said, do you really believe in hell? Well, yes, I do. Because I know that Jesus does. I know that he doesn't want people to go there. So let's be like the athlete who follows the rules. Lastly, verse 6. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. If you've seen Clarkson's farm on Amazon Prime, other overpriced streaming services are available. As well as a lot of buffoonery, which I don't condone, you'll have witnessed how unglamorous farming can be, even if you have a Lamborghini tractor. And like many people from my part of the world, I have farming relatives. So I know that when you farm, you can't take Christmas Day off. The work never stops. It's not a nine-to-five job. It goes far beyond that. Christian ministry is a relentless commitment to serving God and serving other people. Things need to be done, and they need to be done when they need to be done. That's our experience here. That's what I've had modeled to me. That is what the Bible tells us we should expect because it takes seriously hard work and it will take seriously hard work by all of us, all of us, if we're going to see the harvest of people coming to trust in Jesus Christ, if we're going to see those of us here who do increasing in knowledge and love of him, long hours of preparation for that Bible study visiting that struggling brother or sister again and again, maybe every week, out at church again to be with one another when we could be doing lots of other things. Or think of that friend you're sharing the gospel with. What does it take to keep going and sharing the gospel with them? What does it take to serve them? A sacrificial friendship bravery to speak the truth, answering questions, going out of your way to invite them to that event, to church, following up with them if they do come along, lots of prayer, and so on and so forth. Is the hard work of gospel ministry stopping you doing what you need to do? Because gospel ministry involves hard work. So let's be like the farmer and let's work hard. Finally, verse 7. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. I hope this morning has helped you in some way to think over what God is saying in this part of his word. Can I encourage you to keep 
thinking through what these verses mean for you, what they mean for your life. But it's God who uses his word to change us. He gives us understanding. And ultimately, he is the one who does everything in us and among us and through us. So we need to ask him for help in prayer. A moment of silence individually as we do that now, as we ask God to help us apply this part of his word to our lives and we respond to what he said to us this morning. Lord, we simply but oh so importantly pray this. We ask that you would help us to play our part in passing the gospel on and to accept the cost of doing so. For Jesus' sake. Amen.